friends, Josh Bowe and Kirk Henderson coming to you on Monday night. The Mavericks just fell to the Clippers 109-99. to I was on recap duty, but because I'm a bullheaded idiot, I insisted on hosting the <laughs> podcast. Josh, what's going on? Nothing much. Um, I think I got a lot of my frustration about this loss in our Slack, out in Slack, so I feel, I feel a little bit more better and reasonable now for the podcast, which I think is is good productive energy um but yeah that was i can under i can understand why that was such a frustrating loss especially for fans because feels like we've seen this loss about a dozen times in the last two seasons right yeah the same type of loss yeah i mean i wrote my my first bullet point because i wrote the recap tonight essentially talked about how the clippers are are, are quite literally Maverick kryptonite. There's not another team that exposes the weak points in this team quite like or quite like the Clippers, which makes their sort of reluctant insistence to playing them in the playoffs last year all the more stupid the further we get away from it and the more like tape we have. Uh, even with Paul George having a terrible shooting night, even with Kawhi Leonard not looking particularly clean down the stretch, they just really bullied the Mavericks. And the Mavericks had some really stellar performances to come to, to really keep the game close. Tim Hardaway played a great game. Luca played like 75% of Luca's minutes were he was just like on one. Porzingis really looked nice offensively, despite the fact that that he will never shoot a free throw. Uh, That's not a technical free throw ever again. Um, It it was an interesting game. I I learned a lot, which is not something I say very often because these Mavericks kind of are who they are. But it was really – this was kind of the polar opposite of the Denver game. I'm not – I'm usually really pissy after losses and, and this one just felt like very preordained. And the fact that they kept it close is probably the most interesting thing. Yeah. I mean, you just look at the Clippers starting lineup and you look at the Mavericks starting lineup. I tweeted this out and it, it kind of tells you the whole story of the game and yeah. kind of tells the whole story of the Mavericks last two seasons when they're playing elite teams. I mean, Luca and KP, uh, 25 and 22 each respectively no one else in the starting lineup scored more than eight uh i mean the other three guys combined for 17 uh and the clippers all five of their guys were in double digits uh reggie jackson was the least with 12 you know it and the clippers are unique like you said they're unique in the way that they are mavericks kryptonite because like having <laughs> The Mavericks are led by a six-seven wonder kid point guard uh, that doesn't necessarily have elite athleticism in the traditional sense. Obviously, right. he's still a great athlete. And then the Clippers, of course, have two world-destroying wing defenders. Uh, not a lot of the, no other team in the NBA has two wing defenders on the floor at the same time. Like the like it's 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 unfair, especially when you get into crunch time and those two guys really get locked in. Like Kawhi was a menace in the last three minutes of this game yep. without even really scoring that much. I mean, he had four steals. I feel like two or three of them came in the in the final couple of minutes. So it's just tough. And yeah, like you said, they played the team tough, which is kind of like I'm not trying to be like, you know, um, you know, the moral like a moral victory, 
but the the roster has the limitations that it has and sometimes yeah. you just can't break past that so the fact that they were able to make this a game down the stretch and and you know it was a 10 point loss when there were times in the first quarter it looked like it was going to get away from them and then luca went bananas i think in the second and third quarters um and then they you know they then they came up short because the clippers just have more more uh more better players yeah and and so you know the kind of folks who actually dig in and listen to this podcast are actually going to know this, but I've been sort of taking a lot of, of fun heat for Chris Porzingis playing three good games on defense in a row, which really congratulations to him. I mean it, he, he looks better and he looked pretty good tonight. And in theory, you'd think I'd come into this game wanting to crush him for the fact that the Mavericks got exposed on the offensive boards again, but I felt like he played a pretty good help game. The challenge is, is that Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleba, and Josh Richardson yeah. aren't good enough. It, it, and, and I don't mean that as in they're bad. I mean that the Clippers are simply much better. And so KP kept getting the ass end of, you know, uh, uh, Zubak getting offensive rebounds or Dorian, Timmy, or somebody being late on a rotation. So that guy gets a wide open dunk. And it's just, you know, he got yammed on real hard by Kawhi in a situation that he shouldn't have been in. And that's the sort of stuff that, that, that is going to drive me nuts the further we get into the season. Because when, when Porzingis plays like crap, it's often because he's mad or is sort of is floating or is, you know, his body isn't able to do stuff. But tonight he was looking good. And the problem was the, a lot of the other Mavericks weren't. And this is just a not to get all deep and philosophical, but this is sort of an organizational crutch point where they think that the guys that they have are better than they are when it's Luca. And then to a lesser extent, KP making those players look better than they are. It's really something I, I, I don't mean to crush these guys. I, I, I get, I feel like an asshole for being so mean about Dorian Finney Smith. But my God, can that guy miss more open looks? I don't know how. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it only ha- like this type of discussion and these type of games seem to happen against you know the elite, only elite teams. Like right. they just like they just whipped the Nuggets' ass like, <laughs> long ago, and like we we did the pod there. Like yeah. they they manhandled them for three fourths of that game, um, and the Nuggets are a good team. They're not. Clippers good, but they're they're a good team. Um right. so like when you look against like the Jazz, the Lakers, the Clippers, 76ers, Bucks, like that echelon of teams, like you know the top 2 or 3 teams from each conference, like that's where this kind of discrepancy really starts to show because that's kind of what separates those teams from the you know what separates the Clippers and the Lakers and the Jazz from like the middle of the pack Spurs, Trailblazer, you know, that kind of range is the fact that holy shit, the Clippers have two all NBA players and yeah, and they still might be the deepest team in the league. Like their roster is outrageous. Um, and then the Lakers have two of the best, maybe five players in the league. And the Jazz are probably the only team that can can right. um it's question a, the a... Clippers in depth. Like it, you know, it's just the haves and the haves not have nots in a, in, a, in a weird sort of way. And we're not going to rehash this, but the Mavericks have made this choice. This is not something that just happened to them. 
And and that's what I think drives you and I the most crazy, where there's just sort of this, you know, this this acceptance of poor choices. And and you know, apparently Mark, you know, not apparently, Mark Stein literally told Tim Yeager, aka a house Mavericks, on a locker room the other night that the Mavericks are surprised that they're that they are where they are. They thought they were a top four team in the West. That should tell you all you need to know because they didn't actually do that much to improve. Um and and you know the the things like the offensive rebounding are frustrating, but against the Clippers, at least it came out of a result of the Clippers being the kind of offense that they play, resulting in the offensive rebounds, as opposed to some of the stuff we've seen this year, which is really Dallas just getting out hustled. Yeah, so, I don't think they got outworked tonight me necessarily. Yeah. yeah, and that at least gives me. That's why I'm not super pissy. Like it's it's midnight. Uh, you know the the refs were. They called a combined 28 fouls, and there were a combined let's see here five 16 free throws. Like yeah, that does game. not happen in an NBA game. I bet that the Wednesday night game is a slog fest of the highest order as a result because the like Luca beat the crap out of a couple of Clippers and it didn't get calls. Like yeah. there was one Kawhi play that I still remember laughing at. And I'm like, how did he not get called there? And it's because he had gotten fouled on the play before and the refs didn't call it. Like it was a truly horribly ref officiated game. I, I, I was amused. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's a weird game. Um, <laughs> the Mavericks had, I mean, the Mavericks only had five free throw attempts. That's just so, that is just, that's crazy. And Kristaps was the only, like, it was Christophs, one of them. Dude, if Kristaps didn't get, if they didn't get called for a technical foul, Luca would have been the only player on the team that shot free throws tonight. And I gotta <laughs> imagine that would have been some sort of NBA record, right? It matches the Mavs franchise record for fewest free throws in a game per yeah. Tim McMahon and ESPN stats and info. So that's that's kind yeah. of crazy. And it's not the reason they lost because the Clippers no. only shot eleven, so no, it's not no, like the, they paraded to the line. The Clippers um, hit 14 of 32 threes. Like that's like, if you're looking for a statistic, that is the first one followed by the fact that the Mavericks got out rebounded uh, 46 to 33. Yeah. <laughs> like <and> that. The... <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> that's tough. Zubox seems to play this team really well. Uh, he kills them, man. I ever, I mean, he killed he them in the playoffs. Luka better than any big that I can remember. Maybe yeah. Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And that's like cheating because like, cause the Mavericks are trying to get Leonard and Paul George off of them. And then they get Zubak on them and it's like, Oh great. Finally. And then he still plays them really well. Like that's what you said, going back to like the Clippers being Mavericks kryptonite. Like if Zubak is that good guarding Luca near the basket, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like that's tough. And Luca, Luca Luca went on one in the second, the third where he had a couple of sequences where it's just like, Oh my God, this man is a basketball savant. I thought he was going to get 20 assists tonight. So, he, and he could have. And then yeah. in the second half, what happened was Dorian Finney, or not Dorian, Willie Cauley-Stein did some really cool, and by really cool, I mean really hilariously terrible attempts, and then just got bullied and outrun by Zubats, and then he went back to the bench and was never seen from again. Like, it was, tonight was the Willie Cauley-Stein experience in whole, where there was that give and go from Luca, where he ended up, like, almost, like, leading a fast break that I recorded, I got up from my for my tv and i was like i'm recording this this is incredible display of athleticism <laughs> and then zubats beats him down the court twice in the second half and it's just like come on man you yep. gotta give us something and that's just like the mavericks are just not talented enough 
and one day they're going to figure this out. Yeah, and there was a really interesting sequence in the fourth quarter. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., like, he really did have a great game Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of scoring. I mean, I think he, you know, when you look at, you know, obviously Luca and Chris Stops did a lot of good things, but there were moments in the second half where that game was done. And he right. kind of bailed them out, which has been one like that's kind of been his MO lately this season. He in second halves, he just goes on these runs where the Mavericks are you think the Mavericks are gonna lose the game by twelve, and then all of a sudden it's a three point game. You're like, how did that happen? It's like, oh, Tim Hardaway Jr. made three out of four shots in two minutes. Um so he had a really good stretch, and then uh he went to the bench and Rick put in the starting lineup uh for the game. Like I think he Took out Hardaway. I don't know who else he took out, but he took out Hardaway and he put in uh, Maxie and Richardson back in. I think the Clippers scored like five points in 30 seconds or something. It was outstanding. Uh, and it then was a eight, t- eight yeah, points. No, it was 12 points in, in 90 seconds because I, I, I was doing the re- I was like doing the recap oh, okay. for that. Yeah. And then Rick called a timeout and Hardaway went right back in. And then the game got into one possession territory, which was just. Kind of funny, and uh, you know the starter, the starter production outside of KP and, and Luca is bad. Hardaway is basically like a, a, a starter. I mean, he played thirty minutes, had twenty one points, but man, after after that, it, it is tough. And it was pretty obvious uh, when Hardaway came back on the floor in the fourth quarter. The Mavericks were just a completely they're just a completely different team, and it makes sense. He's, I mean, he's their best shooter. He's their he's their only reliable high volume three-point shooter you know maxi is having a great season you know dorian has been up and down but you know we could talk about that later but like dorian is going to take no more than five in a game maxi's only going to take three or four really it's chris stops and hardaway are the guys that are going to be taking like all of your threes enough for the defense to get scared so like it it just makes difference when him and kp are on the floor together hardaway and Przingis with luca because it's it just makes the mavericks that much harder to guard because this starting lineup has actually been performing pretty well up until this game. But yeah, when you play a team like the Clippers that has Kawhi and Paul George, it just kind of it just goes to show you can you can whoop a team like Denver and the but they're just a team like the Clippers, they're just another they're in another level and the Mavericks just aren't there yet. Yeah, and you know I need to sort of, if you look at the quarter by quarter recap, the Mavs only won one quarter and then mm-hmm. somehow lost the game by 10. They, <laughs> their rough start was once again, a culprit. Um, wasn't great. It wasn't terrible, but it was also just like, like it looked a doing, little folks? similar to the Denver start 10 0 start, which is, that's a little concerning. And yeah. I wonder, I wonder if these two back-to-back poor starts, you know, let's see what the trend is as they play the Clippers again and then the Blazers twice. I wonder if Rick gets a little trigger-happy with the lineup, and I wonder if he can. Well, he's got to do something because he's trying to steal minutes. Like, you played Trey Burke again, who – and this is why you can't look at single game plus-minus. Trey Burke finished plus seven in seven minutes. Also, only had one missed shot and one turnover, and I screamed at my TV four different times when that man like did things. He was awful. He has whatever magic he used was only based in in Orlando. He is not good. <laughs> Any other time, either he's either playing Orlando or playing in Orlando, and he is bad, bad, bad. But that's yeah. just one example. Like like Carlisle's playing. I mean, the minutes totals tonight suck. Uh, Luca played 30, 38. Porzingis played 32, Kleba played 36. Like 
they're running out of options. I mean, this was not a good Jalen Brunson game, which he was outstanding in the first quarter, and then the Clippers' length just sort of shut him down. So it's just like Rick's running out of choices. They, they've been running a seven-man rotation for the most part since the beginning of February, and that's, that is tough for a regular season and for a regular season like this one. Like, they – they need, yeah, they they just need another body. Like, you know, they can't play Wes Uundu. You know, they're not going to play the rookies. Boban is basically, an unpl- is basically, you know, unplayable outside of very rare circumstances. And then, you know, James Johnson's been out for personal reasons, but even if he was here, right, uh, if he was active, he, he would have played, you know, maybe 10 minutes. Uh, but yeah, they need, they're, <laughs> it's a seven man rotation for the most part. And that that's tough. They, these guys are playing a lot of minutes. And what's surprising is Finney Smith actually only played 27. Um, he's a guy that normally gets into the 30. Like, I mean, he was averaging 33 minutes a game in the month of February. He was averaging 32 in the month of March. Uh, so the fact that he played 27, uh, I'm looking at his game log. That is the least amount of minutes he's played since February 4th, where he played 27 minutes. Um, and then, uh, January 29th, we played 23 in the second game against the jazz when he came back from COVID basically. Um, so he's a big minute guy. So he didn't play as much tonight, which I thought was telling because they closed the game with Hardaway. That was interesting. And, mm-hmm. and had Luca been able to connect on a couple more shots? Cause I actually thought some of the looks he got were not bad, but he just was, he was out of gas. Like, he was, was not good obvious. at the rim tonight. He was not good at the rim, like yeah. as good as he should be. He, right. He's probably real. You could tell he was, he was mad in this game. And I think he wasn't necessarily, like, sometimes we see him, he's mad. He's mad when, when teammates kind of fart and fall down or miss a shot. And I think he was more mad at himself tonight. Seven turnovers and all the, all the missed shots at the rim. The post game quotes allude to that, and then you know after the game you got you got resident you know you Clippers resident jackass Marcus Morris saying everybody can talk all the shit they want, but come playoff time we'll be ready. And it's like ready for what you fucking clown show to lose in the second round again? My God, like this is the <laughs> stuff that fuels Luca. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We're gonna play another good game. I like playing the Clippers is fun. I'll tell you that much. It's a good I, measuring I stick. It's a really good measuring stick, and and maybe it'll take more losses to the Clippers for the Mavericks as a franchise, as a franchise to figure out that they need to do some more <laughs> in yeah. order to move forward. But so, uh, yeah, this is all I got. Uh, I think you're going to write something. I, I wouldn't be shocked if people, you know, if we have some more things to, turned in tonight. So yeah, turn in the Mavs money ball. You got anything else before we get out of here? No, I think that's it. Let's let's on to the next one. All right, cool. Thanks, Josh. Have a good night. Yep. See ya.